Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Here we go. Here we go. Happy uh, Thursday, everybody. Whoa. Cold out there. Cold, man. It was like, uh, what, making the drive in from Lakewood for me. It was uh, ranging between five and zero, depending on uh, where I was. So then I think it got to about 10 over here by the tech center. So, yeah, it's uh, pockets of cold around there, but definitely a, a frosty morning. And the roads are definitely uh, snow packed and slick. So do be careful. Mark is off today. Here he is. The Big O. Orlando Franklin. Back from, uh, was it uh, Guadalajara, oh. Guantanamo? Where where exactly were you? Uh, all over the place, Mike. It feels like I haven't done radio in a really, really long time. Yeah. You haven't been in weather like this for yeah. a long time. You've been down by the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice tropical uh, climbs. Yeah. Um, so about 48 hours ago, I was on a beach. I was definitely <laughs> oh, on a beach. Uh, enjoying a sunrise. It uh-huh. was absolutely beautiful, breathtaking. Um, so what, what did a, a little bit of time in, in Guatemala. We, yeah. we had to go to, uh, didn't have to. We were glad to go to this wedding. Um, honestly, uh, Kirsten, one of my wife's best friends, she actually introduced me to Kiana the okay. night that we met. Um, so it was very important for us to make it to that wedding. So went out there to Guatemala originally. Um, when I was in Guatemala, uh, I got news that my uncle, my uncle's been battling leukemia for the last seven months. I got news while I was in Guatemala that he was just tired of it. He said, the heck with it. I'm tired of it. I'm not dealing with this no more. I want to go and I want to go on my terms. So, um, told the hospital that, Hey, I'm leaving. I'm going home. I'm no longer want to live my life with the IV in my arm. Don't want to go through chemo anymore. So he removed himself from the hospital. Um, at that point I knew he was in bad shape. So I was planning on actually going to see him after my USO tour. So to be in Jamaica right now. Okay. But, um, to book the ticket for February 15th and my brother called me back. He's like, Hey, listen, I don't think you get the shape that he's in. He cannot eat on his own. He cannot do anything. He cannot walk. Like you need to come sooner rather than later. So I redirected from Guatemala to Jamaica. Um, last week, Sunday, Jeez. got to Jamaica, uh, to doing laundry, right? Cause I've got to repeat the clothes. Can't, can't change the clothes. So got to Jamaica last Sunday, was there for a couple days, got some, re- uh, got a good opportunity to spend some really good time with my uncle. Good. This is a guy that took care of me from day one. Yep. Even when my dad wasn't a part of my life, he was a part of my life. He's my, my dad's younger brother. So got to spend last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with him on Thursday, Afternoon, I saw him Thursday morning, hung out with him for like about three hours. Thursday afternoon, jumped on a flight from Kingston, Jamaica to Miami, Miami to Jacksonville. Uh, by the time I got to Jacksonville midnight, I got a text message that he had passed. Mm. And, um, you know, I, 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 I am extremely happy that I got the opportunity yep. to go see him. Yeah. Because, like I said, originally I was planning on going to see him right now. Mm-hmm. I knew I had that USO tour. I was going to go see him. So my brother and sister communicated to me to get down there as fast as possible. So w- went down there, 
some left, like I said, Thursday night now in Jacksonville. Get the call late. I land at midnight, get the call, but around like 1230. At that point, I'm doing laundry because we're leaving at 515 in the morning. And we have to. We have a wake up call in the lobby to leave now to go to the military air base mm-hmm. that's in Jacksonville, and um, so stayed up all night. Met everybody that was a part of the USO tour. Five fifteen. You've been doing morning. these for a while now, yeah. right? Yeah, I've been to Germany, been to Spain. This one was that's awesome. Um, in uh, Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. Oh, and you were at Guantanamo. I was just joking, but you were there. Okay. Yes, I was. I was in. I was in Cuba. Mm-hmm. I was at. I, I saw Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, saw it in a in a sense of was about a hundred yards from it. Mm-hmm. As far as how we saw it, you know, um, very restricted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but it's Cuba's not Guantanamo Bay is not just a prison. You know, that's the biggest misconception that we got. Our whole entire military is down there, and they have different jobs, and that's the only presence that uh, us as the United States has in all of the Caribbean. I, I didn't realize that. So if anything was to happen in any of these other countries or any part around that part of the world, that's where these guys go to get taken care of. And there's people protecting the, the, that part of the island, the USA part, but there's also people in that situation now that are doing things, right, where, hey— you are on that side. We are on that side. Like we got to go, like kind of close to the border and see, like the Cuban side and the, and the American side. And we got to, you know, go and see exactly what they do. The U.S. Coast Guard and, and the navies, the Navy and, and the Marines, and all these different type of things. So I kind of got a better understanding of what is going on on that island. And it's not the, my biggest thing. I thought it was a prison before I right. left. Well, that's what most I people think, yeah. Heard. But um, no, we're, we're there because that's our presence in the, all of the Caribbean. And, and if anything was to happen to Americans, that's where they come. So people are helicoptered in and, and helicoptered out as far as injuries that go on around there. So a uh, really unique opportunity. And this is something that I've always done because this is my little way of giving back. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do what these military mm-hmm. people do. And I appreciate everything that they do for us because they're the ones that... Each and every day, make us make sure that we're safe and yep. make sure that we're waking up. But they have to live in these certain conditions where uh, there's no way in hell, Mike, that, that I would sign up for that. Mm-hmm. So I just want to tell, say really quick to appreciate all for all military personnel and thank you guys for your service because you know each and every day we're, we're able to wake up and, and, and complain about it being freezing in the yeah, morning right. because they're over there taking care of business so very eventful uh two yeah. and a half weeks i would sure. say okay so be you so you left on what february i left on february 31st or january, january 31st. 31st good well a lot has happened since you left and I uh, want to get you uh, caught up on it, get your, your thoughts on some of the things that happened. Good night last night for the uh, locals as the uh, Avalanche, a gut check win in Minnesota. Definitely not pretty. Uh, got outshot badly, got outplayed, but doesn't matter. Come away with two big points in Minnesota. Nuggets absolutely cruising into the All-Star break as uh, they dispatch of uh, Dallas playing without uh, Kyrie, but... Uh, Luka had a big game, but who cares? Nuggets' uh, depth was on display. Jokic, another triple-double. Yeah, Nuggets just absolutely just breezing right now into the All-Star break. So we got a lot to get to. We'll uh, jump into it. And uh, the Broncos' defensive coordinator search is heating up. And uh, a new name has emerged, but it's an old name. A favorite name? (laughs) 
Well, get your thoughts on that coming up next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress. Relax in your tub or shower from Bathfitter. Bathfitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Big O in for Stank, who's uh, off today. Good to have you back from uh, travels all over the world. A lot happened while you were gone. A lot happening right now. So let's get you, let's get, let's get caught up. So we know that uh, Sean Payton, putting together his staff, was talking with Rex Ryan about being the defensive coordinator. And we had Mike Kliss on earlier this week, and Mike said, yeah, you know, he's one of six guys that he uh, he talked to, but in in Mike's words, Mike's estimation, he would consider it, quote, a, a bit of a long shot. Ian Rappaport, though, came out yesterday and said, come back, question mark. Rex Ryan has emerged as a top candidate for the Broncos' defensive coordinator job. But then adding a little bit more intrigue to it, Mm. the Broncos have reached out to Vance Joseph to see if VJ would like to return here as the defensive coordinator with uh, uh, Terry Gannon. Jonathan Gannon taking the job uh, from Philadelphia to Arizona. He'll be calling the defense. Uh, Vance doesn't really have a role there, so he's looking around. And how about a return to Denver for Vance Joseph? We're back. We're back. We're back. Uh, that would be interesting. That that would be very interesting. I know that VJ had went out there to Arizona and was very respected in that community, very respected by those players. I know those defensive players absolutely adored him and thought that he was a, a heck of a defensive coordinator. I, I think VJ has definitely learned and is in better equipped to be a defensive coordinator right now in today's NFL. Remember, before we became the head coach here, what, what did he do it for, like a year, a half a year? Yeah, Miami, Miami or something yeah, like that? Yeah, wasn't yeah. highly ranked defense either. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't very highly ranked. We didn't do it for a long period of time. Um, I, I think that, yeah, you, you, you turn over every stone. You turn over every stone for defensive coordinator. Uh, VJ comes highly recommended, in my opinion, just by the people that I've sp- spoken to that have been close to that Arizona, uh, that Arizona football team. And yes, you, if he meshes well with what you are talking about, absolutely. The Broncos right now, they don't have the luxury of these other head coaches. But Arizona, whatever happens in Arizona this year happens in Arizona, right? Um, I look at, what other jobs? Um, Frank Wright out there in Carolina. Whatever happens in Carolina happens in Carolina. Sean Payton, you better win this year, and you, and you, you better win convincingly. Like there better you better blow out the teams that you're supposed to blow out. You better take care of business. So if a guy like Sean Payton that understands the pressure of that, especially with that shiny contract that you're making a lot of money, if you are sitting there entertaining Vance Joseph and. All of a sudden, now we're hearing rumblings of Vance Joseph becoming a favorite or becoming one of the guys that might come out of this thing. I'm all for it because I'm going to trust in Sean Payton. He understands the pressure of it, and he's been at the top for a decade and a half in the National Football League. So it's not like these young first-time head coaches where you're like, oh, my goodness gracious, how is this thing going to go? Right, We saw it with Nathaniel Hackett, brought in a lot of coaches that have never done it before at this level, and you're wondering how it's going to go. 
No, I'm, I'm going to trust in Sean Payton until he gives me something not to trust in him about. So I love the idea of Rex, and I'm not bothered at all by the idea that he hasn't coached since uh, 2016, hasn't been a defensive coordinator since back in around 2008. It doesn't bother me. Defense is does defense. It, does it bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. Defense is defense. The same playbook that you run in high school is the same playbook you run in college. And then you run it in the National Football League. There's only one way to run cover two. There's only one way to run cover four. It's not that complicated on that side of the football. It's just not. So the fact that Rex Ryan has been on the sidelines for the last couple years, does it bother me? Absolutely not. Because I know he's a grinder. He's been a head coach. He's been a guy that's had to micromanage all three phases. And now you just give him a piece of the puzzle back, mm-hmm. something that he's done for his entire life. And I know that especially working in his shiny, uh, you know, telecasting job. And I, I know he's talking to these different coaches. Sure. That's what they all do. Yo, hey, man, what that little wrinkle. I, I like what you did this past week against Russell Wilson. Like, like tell me the game plan. I know that these coaches do that because I saw it last year as well, Mike. So for me, because it's on the defensive side of the ball, it doesn't bother me. It, you're, you're strongly considering somebody that's been on the sideline for the last couple The years. offensive part of it has continued to evolve, yeah. lo- evolve. But you're right. Defense hasn't really changed. So, well, then, if you had your choice. And I'll throw this out there to the texters as well. Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. If you had your choice, Vance Joseph or Rex Ryan? Me? Who, who would you go with? I'm going Rex. I'm going with Rex Ryan. I'm going with the guy that is very respected around the National Football League. I'm going with the guy that t- got to take a big step back the last couple of years and have these different conversations with these other defensive coordinators. Um, remember, if Vance Joseph does it, it's almost considered tampering, right? He's the, was the defensive coordinator the last couple of years in Arizona. Vance Joseph was probably not going out there and reaching out to different people and asking them what did they just do in that game plan. Rex Ryan has been neutral for the last six years because he hasn't coached in the National Football League. And he strikes me as a guy that constantly wants to learn and evolve. So for me, it would be more of a Rex Ryan thing. And and I really don't believe in turnover. You had a guy here as a head coach. Now you're going to bring him back as a D.C. Really don't really believe in that type of thing. So for me, it would be Rex Ryan. Here's uh, some more background on Rex led a top 10 ranked defenses in nine of the 12 years he was either a defensive coordinator or head coach. Defenses ranked in the top nine in sacks five times. Had a uh, 65 and 68 record, including the postseason. Won four playoff games, all on the road, mm-hmm. with Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, so this this is a guy definitely with a with a resume. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I wish I could disagree and say Vance uh, v- Vance is I know Vance is uh respected, but you know he just doesn't have the record defensively yeah. as a defensive coordinator, as a defensive guy that that Rex has. So I yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with Rex. Let's yeah. go, sexy Rexy. Sexy Rexy. Huh? That's the name. I'll get a pedicure right before he Jared comes Barron, into town. Sexy Rexy. Huh? What <laughs> Yes, sir. Um, when you just look at just this football and you look at what, like, you, I look at Vance Joseph and, and part of it, there was a lot going on with that, that football team, right? You got Kyler Murray, everything's Kyler Taylor to Kyler Murray, and then you're paying Kyler Murray, but you're also paying the weapons that are around him because he's struggling. He's a young football player that has a, a um, he leans a little bit too, more, too much to run in the football, using his legs a little bit. So as a defensive coordinator with that type of quarterback, you really don't know how to build that thing, 
Rex Ryan's already proven he knows how to build that thing. You just talked about what he did with Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez doesn't get anybody happy in the National Football League. And if you talk to nine people out of ten, they're going to say that that Mark Sanchez had a horrible career in the National Football League. But yet, Rex Ryan found ways to win with him. So that's understanding your personnel on the offensive side of the ball and understanding what you have to get accomplished on the defensive side of the ball. And he's done it. So, yes, yes, for me, sexy Rexy. Let's see. Let's see what some of the uh, reaction is so far. It is... Rex Ryan, he was very critical of Russ. <laughs> you should try it, Mike. <laughs> That's from Nate. Nate's been all on me. That Nate, would, and Nate's that, all over me. He thinks, he thinks I'm a Russell Wilson apologist. Have you been not been listening to the show this year? Mm. Of course I crushed Russ, but I'm not burying Russ. You're, There's a you, difference. You were upset that they paid him. Well, you, so, yeah, I wouldn't you, have paid him. You, so. you, you were right on, right on when everybody else was thinking you need to pay him. So, um I, I like that aspect too, that dynamic where Rux has, you know, crucified Russell Wilson yep. publicly. And you walk into a locker room, you, you know, and for those relationships now, in order for that to mend, Rex has to do his job as a DC, but also Russell Wilson has to do his job of being the quarterback in the face of this franchise. So I like the little bit of tension that that would mm-hmm. bring in that locker room as well if you bring Rex Ryan in. Let's see. Sexy Rexy, hands down, one of the greatest defensive minds of all time. Here's one. Vance, baby. Vance J, baby. Uh, let's see. Rex, I want the guy that has coached teams to playoffs. Morning, guys. I want Rex. Now let's go get a damn snack. <laughs> Good job. Good pull there, Ty. Ty in Florida. Nicely done. Morning Brew is coming up next. Drunk Pat Mahomes. Let's get a listen to Drunk Pat Mahomes. We'll do that next. It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. With Orlando Franklin sitting in. And how about these Avalanche? Not happy. Jared Bednar, not happy with the schedule. Kind of uh, uncharacteristically kind of complained and whined a little bit about the schedule. But no problem. Avalanche go on the road and get a gutty win in Minnesota. Pass up the middle. The fucking long by Leckin in. Score! 3-1. Colorado McKinnon beats Flurry. Oh, I know you've been away for a, a couple of weeks Mixed feelings right now when it when it comes to the the Avs. It's we're kind of getting to the point now where there's some urgency that's starting to kick in a little bit, and we've been giving them the benefit of the doubt. Hey, you know you're you're the champs. It's a long season. We get all that. You've been banged up, but now there seems to be a little bit more pressure being applied uh, by by the fans to to start looking more. Like the team we expect. Yeah, well, first of all, I have no problems with what Coach Bednar said about, you know, the schedule because he's right, to be honest with you. When you play a game and now another team is waiting for you in their city, they're at a a little bit of an advantage. Anytime you have to jump on a plane, that causes inflammation. That causes you to be dehydrated. They're sitting there and trying to feed you liquids while you're on that plane. And if a team has got to spend a night in their bed, and they're going to be their body's going to be in a little bit better shape than yours going into that. But I am exactly with you, Mike, when you talk about that urgency because this team has lacked consistency all year. 
that's been the issue with this hockey team. Last year, when you have guys like Nas, you have uh, Gabe Landeskog is playing the majority of that season. The consistency is there. Even though guys are in and out the lineup, the consistency of it, where you can rely on guys night in, night out, it's there. This year, it's been a, a rocky roller coaster ride as far as who's going to show up. Yes, we've had Sands where Rantanen just went absolutely berserk. But do you remember before Rantanen going berserk who we thought was going to have one of the best years in NHL history? Nachushkin, right? Yeah. And we were, there was times where we're like, where's Carol McCarr? When is he going to get his first goal? Then we saw times where Nathan McKinnon came back from an injury and all of a sudden he's pressing and he's playing uncharacteristically. Uh, so the consistency of this hockey team has been lacking and I'm hoping that they find that at this point because if they do find it they still are my favorite to win the Stanley well, Cup. Well and and that's that's the thing I, I like most about their situation right now because Minnesota th- there was a team that I'm sure they look at themselves wild fan looks at themselves as hey this is this is our year this is the year we're ready to to bounce uh push through they were home. They were rested. They were waiting for the Avs. They were revved up. They outshoot them forty-three to nineteen, and they still lose. and And that's why I'm really optimistic about the Avs getting back to the Stanley Cup Finals. Winning it, that's another debate. But at least getting back, because I look at the Western Conference, I just nobody. I don't sweat anybody. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, there's nobody out in that conference right now that I look Jesse, at and say, no. ah, ah, I said it last year, and I was right. Fever, fever, and just one last thing I'll say on this: We also got to remember they did win the Stanley Cup last year. When you win the Stanley Cup, there's a big target on your on your back now, and everybody is woke up and they're ready to go against you because they want to get that win against the reigning Stanley Cup champion. But is it time for the yes abs to start matching some of that? Yes, 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 absolutely. Next on the morning brew. The Nuggets go into the All-Star break, cruise into the All-Star break with a 118-109 win over Dallas. Dallas playing without uh, Kyrie Irving. But interesting, before the game, Michael Malone was uh, asked about his his playoff rotation and the guys that will be in the playoff rotation. He left out Jeff Green. Well, Jeff must have got the message because Green, in 26 minutes, scored 24 points. Mm. Well, I finally made a shot. I uh, finally made a shot tonight. Um, but my teammates found me. I just tried to play winning basketball, uh, cut hard, run the floor. And, uh, my teammates found me. So for me, Mike, just like we were talking about the lack of consistency with the Avalanche, it's been the same way for me this year with Jeff Green watching him, mm-hmm. where he has passed up Sean Shots. Or he's been hesitant or timid or whatever word you want to use when the basketball gets put in his hands. I don't know if that's because sometimes you have a healthy Michael Porter Jr., you have a healthy uh, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, what he does night in, night out, and also the emergence of Aaron Gordon. But Jeff Green needs to get a lot more comfortable with how he ha- his role on this basketball team and stop passing up the shots so many times that he has passed up in the past. Well, it's going to be tough because you get into the playoffs and... Coaches tend to shrink their rotations, and it's it's eight, maybe nine deep, but with the way the playoffs are, you don't play back-to-back. You, sometimes you have a, a couple days off in between games, so you really can ride your best players. You can ride your starters, bigger minutes, heavier minutes. So some guys are going to get left out, and with a, with a Nuggets team that, that I think is the deepest team in the NBA, they're going to be some pretty good players. 
who are just going to be uh, hanging around, never take the uh, sweats off. Mm. Next. Uh, I'm sorry, you want one more thought? Very true, but you also get that added luxury because now when guys are in that position, maybe there might be a situation where you say, man, you know what? We got to get Jeff Green 10 minutes in this game. You know, my, we might need to get some fresh legs in, in, you know, the second round of the playoffs this season for this player. So hopefully that's the case. Hopefully they continue to win basketball games and impressive win last night. Go into the uh, All-Star break 41 and 18, a league best 27 and four at home. Next on the morning brew, the Broncos coaching search continues. The most intrigue right now is surrounding the defensive coordinator and Rex Ryan, who was interviewed. And was part of the mix, but was considered kind of a long shot, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, has emerged as one of the leading candidates. Even more interest in this, Vance Joseph is now on the radar. The Broncos are interviewing Vance Joseph. Maybe a VJ return. He's tall. Mm, He's tall. Um have no beast with either one of these guys. I'm excited to see who becomes the defensive coordinator because I know the one thing I know about Sean Payton to be true is he understands that what he was doing two, three years ago is not going to work here in Denver. What he was doing with Drew Brees is not going to necessarily work for Russell Wilson. So if you take that and understand that aspect of an offensive-minded head coach where the offensive side is always evolving, man, I'm excited to see who he picks as his DC because he knows that that D.C. has to evolve as well. So he's the one answering, asking these questions, knowing the pressures of Bronco country, knowing that he has to win right now. So I think either one of these candidates are going to be OK. But for me, I want to see Rex Ryan because I truly believe that Rex Ryan and Sean Payton stuff. Man, now, now you're starting to, to wow me. And now you're starting to get me a little bit giddy about what the Broncos could possibly do in the 2023 season. Next on the morning brew, the Chiefs celebrated their championship yesterday, but we got to see drunk Patrick Mahomes. Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'm be honest with you, I don't know what rebuilding means. And our rebuilding you, we're world champs. We're world champs. I just want to let y'all know that this is just the beginning. We ain't done yet. So I'll make sure to hit y'all back next year and I hope the crowd's the same. Appreciate y'all. Let's go. What did you think of the uh, Chiefs playing the uh, we don't get no respect card? Mm. Jabroni! Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll say this about the Kansas City Chiefs. What, what they have done, it, it's been very impressive. I, I watched Patrick Mahomes talk about it at the start of this year, apologize basically to fantasy owners saying that it's not going to be like years before. You know, there's going to be guys that show up this week that don't show up for a couple weeks. That's how they're going to call this. And Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid, they figured out a way to win football games and, and win a lot of them. So um, you got to give respect where respect is due. They re-erected um, a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster's career. I thought he was absolutely done, but he goes out there, and now he's playing big-time minutes, and he looks back to himself. So um, kudos to, to, to KC, figuring out ways to win, different ways week in, week out. Coming up, this is your first time back. Since the Sean Payton hire, I got to get your thoughts overall on how you feel about the hire. Is it going to work out? Is it a slam dunk hit? How is he going to fix Russell Wilson? All that coming up. Plus your text on the uh, Nuggets and Avs. We'll get to those as well. That's coming up next with Big O saying in for Stank. 
Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Got Orlando Franklin in for Stink, who's off today. You have been gone for a while. Yes, sir. The show, you were when you were last here, the Broncos were still looking for a head coach. Yeah. So here you go. Sean Payton. Yep, Sean Payton. Fresh perspective here, everybody. We got fresh tracks. <laughs> With uh, Orlando Franklin, what'd you think of the hire? Yeah, I thought it was a great hire. I, I thought that you know this will be good for the Denver Broncos. This will be good for the culture of the Denver Broncos, and this will be good for Russell Wilson. So for me, it, it checked off all boxes. Um, at the end of the day, I was one that, that talked about Sean Payton's red flags, talked about him for you know a decade and a half and only winning one Super Bowl and, and things like that. But man, I'll tell you this, Mike Andy Reid has proven me wrong. I watched Andy Reid be successful out there in Philadelphia for many, many years. Didn't win the Super Bowl, but had a lot of success out there with different quarterbacks and Donovan McNabb and, you know, uh, Michael Vick and, and found ways to win. And now he's with Kansas City and he's the juggernaut. He, he's at the top of the Mount Rushmore. Um, so for me, you know, I get encouraged with Sean Payton now and encouraged that here in Bronco country that we have an adult in the room. You know, that, that's the big thing. We have somebody that we know the buck stock to with him. We have somebody that knows that, hey, I understand what direction I want to take this football team in. And there's nobody in this building that could tell me anything different. Too many times over the last couple of years, let's just back it all up, right? Um, Vance Joseph comes in. He's picking his football team. He's talking about players saying, man, they're good parts of the team. But then we're hearing trade rumors. Then those players are gone. Wasn't even privy to what was going on upstairs. Right. Then we get Vic Fangio. He's only interested in what's going on on the defense. One year of Rich Scangarello. We now uh, give an extension to Andy Dranovich. Then we move on the following year and move to an offense that doesn't employ a fullback. So we're trading Dranovich. Right. So then that was because of Vic Fangio only wanting to deal with the defense. So he wanted to get more of a tenured guy on the offensive side and bringing in Pat Shermer. So too many times over the last, I would say, about eight, seven years, everybody weren't on the same page out there at UC Health Training Center. And we saw what happened. Nathaniel Hackett got googly-eyed over Russell Wilson and kind of deferred to Russell Wilson this past year and ultimately only was here for 15 games. With Sean Payton, I don't believe that any of that happened. I think that he's truly an adult that's going to okay. be... Okay, let me, let me press you on this, because uh, last time I heard you when you were here, you were kind of skeptical about the idea of Payton being able to adjust and, and change his beliefs, his system, his philosophy yes. to get the best out of Rust. You, you still feel that way? Yes. Are you, yes. are you So you're, are you what? You're pessimistic about the idea of uh, Payton I, being able to... Fix Russ? Yeah, so, no, I, I think that Sean Payton could fix Russell Wilson because I think that Sean Payton, it, it's just like this. When Mike Munchak was in that building, Mike, any offensive lineman, when Mike Munchak walked in that room, if you weren't at the edge of your seat, shame on you. Because that's a Hall of Fame player and, and damn near a Hall of Fame coach at that position. Shame on you if you want to hold on to every word and do everything that that person's trying to tell you. I think Sean Payton does that to Russell Wilson. I truly believe that. I watched Drew Brees. Russell Wilson's a shorter quarterback. Drew Brees has been able to do it for a long time out of the pocket. I watched Russell Wilson try to do what Drew Brees did for many, many years in the National Football League this past year, where he wouldn't use his legs. He wanted to stay in the pocket, where I'm having conversations with different people, and, and Russ is liking a little bit more from the pocket and wants to throw the ball out of gun a little bit too much. Now, given that aspect of it and knowing that, 
that, hey, Russ wants to play another seven, eight years. Drew Brees talking about Russell Wilson getting ready to be these next five to seven years, getting ready to be the best of his career because of Sean Payton. Sean Payton is going to get Russell Wilson at the edge of his seat, and Sean Payton can tell Russell Wilson, hey, jump. And Russell Wilson is going to be like, how high, coach? We're like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, but this is it. This so, is it. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't disagree with the idea no. that he's going to command Russ's respect. No, no, no. So I'm going to get to what you should say. All right, all right. So I'm let's, get let's to talk what, X's and O's yeah, now. Yeah, So I believe that with that being said, if it doesn't work with Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson is not running Sean Payton's offense how Sean Payton sees, we're watching it right now with Josh McDaniels, with Derek Carr, you're out of here. Like, you, you cannot get my reads. You're not going to do it the way that I want you to do it. Hey, versus this look, I want you to check into this. If you're not doing those things and you're trying to check into things that you think is best for you or you think is best that, that you're going to go out of there and have success, it's not about you. I want you to check into something that all 11 guys are going to have is, success. But is Peyton going to try to coach Russ like he's Drew Brees? Because we, we saw that this year. And we, we knew going into this that... Russ wants to or wanted to morph into a Drew Brees type quarterback, but it sure doesn't look like he can do it. Yeah. So can Peyton is Peyton going to insist you you do try to do it like Drew? Which if he does, then that's that's unlikely to work. So he's gonna have to adjust more. Why why to is Russ. it why is it unlikely to, to work? Well, because what we saw when we saw Russ try to do it this past year, it, it sure didn't look like it was Working, right? a, a, a system that was okay, tailored so, to him to okay. just stand there in the pocket, in the shotgun, read the field, make reads, get the ball to the right person. Doesn't seem like that's his strength. Okay, but that was Russell Wilson with a lack of practice, right? Hey, two days on, one day jog through, right? You, you don't get anything accomplished as far as the timing of football when you're jogging through. That was Russell Wilson not doing seven on seven, right? Hey, we don't do that. That's not real football. Um, Drew Brees, shorter quarterback. I guarantee Drew Brees did seven on seven every single day because sometimes he wasn't going to be able to see that that wide receiver or that tight end, but he had to make sure that he trusted that wide receiver or tight end was going to be at the spot that he was supposed to be at, right? When you have shorter quarterbacks, they're not going to see the field the whole entire time. So I think Sean Payton changes that immediately, so Russell Wilson's game will elevate because of that. I think Sean Payton now will force Russell Wilson to be accountable, but also force all the wide receivers, all the tight ends, all the running backs to be accountable as well. I'm looking at it as if, when Peyton Manning came here in 2012, where Peyton's yelling at DT saying, hey, did I tell you to run that that route at 15 yards or you're supposed to run that route at 12 yards? Because it's a spot that I'm throwing to every single time, right? So I think when you mesh that with Sean Peyton, with Drew Brees has done for many, many years, being that Drew Brees has been shorter, I think that that's how Sean Peyton's going to approach it with Russell Wilson. He's going to install his offense that has to have the time in receivers, tight ends, everybody has to get to their spot. The quarterback has to throw the ball on time. And I think if Russell Wilson doesn't follow that, Sean Payton will show them the door and say, let me go get my quarterback that's going to do this. So I think he tries to coach Russell Wilson immediately like Drew Brees because that's all Sean Payton has known. He's had success doing things a certain way for many, many years. I'm not a, I don't see a lot of offensive head coaches that changed really their philosophy for guys. So I don't really think that Sean Payton is going to change his philosophy for Russell Wilson. But I think that the whole entire offense is going to be a lot more accountable and be where they're supposed to be. And Russell Wilson now has to get the ball out when he's supposed to get the ball out in order to have success. Maybe, maybe the scheme, maybe the philosophy doesn't change, but he did show 
in the later years with Drew Brees an ability to adapt and morph. So in the years leading up to the last three or four years of Drew Brees' time in New Orleans, routinely, routinely, New Orleans was a top five, number one overall uh, passing offense. But as Drew got older, like Ross, they quickly morphed into more of a dominant rushing team. Where yeah, and then we started putting Taysom Hill in and, yeah, and started creating and, and a little they were, they were top top five, top ten rushing attacks over the last few years of uh, Drew Brees' uh, career there. So we, we at least saw uh, Peyton Alvin be able Kamara. to adapt that way. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram, Taysom Hill. Yeah. When you have those three guys on your roster, you better put some wrinkles in there. Just yeah. like offensively, we, we had certain plays that, hey, you know what, we're going to put you know Bubba Codwell in for this play. Hey, you know what, we're going to put Jacob Tammy in at the tight end position because he could expose a linebacker right here. So as a offensive-minded head coach, I, I do believe that those wrinkles are coming as well. Coming up, we've got uh, four down territory. What is Michael Malone's message to his team as they come out of the All-Star break. Nice week off coming up for the Nuggets. Bud Black gets a contract extension. How are we feeling about that, Rockies fans? Are there any Rockies fans left to react to this? That's next. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 